You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a review on your favorite podcast player. We appreciate it. Well, it's the onset of summer, and one of the reasons I know this is because about the same time every year, we're barraged with requests, mostly from younger guys, wanting to talk about big arms. The quest for large muscular arms has always been at the top of the body part list forever. Uh, as any bodybuilder uh, wants, uh, if they had a chance to single out a, uh, a certain body part and suddenly increase it uh, instantly, you know, that body part would probably nine times out of 10 be arms. I know it would be for me. Um, so how do we best build big arms? Experts are all over the map. One extreme are the high volume trainers that might allot for 40 sets of biceps alone, two to three times a week versus the intensity based trainers that might get by with 15 sets of arms total, including triceps. That's more my style, the heavy duty Dorian Yates uh, kind of style. But uh, so let's talk about it. I mean, you want to you want to fill out those sleeves a little bit. You're at the right place. Let's talk about it. Well, one thing we know is that if you weigh 150 pounds and have 14 inch arms, um, you're not going to magically grow them to 17 inches staying 150 pounds. Right, Jim? Got to put the body weight up. Yeah. Got to gain some body weight. Yeah. That's the inconvenient truth. That's the thing that people don't want to grab hold of. They, they reject that. They're like, no, I want bigger arms, but no, I don't want to gain any body weight. Yeah. And I, uh, it's never in my experience if somebody found a magical arm routine that, you know, puts an inch and a half on their arms uh, without any gain in, in, in mass, uh, you, you know, you've got to be in a calorie surplus state. We used to drive body weight up purposefully in order to grow bigger muscle. Then, you know, that was the, the famed bulk cycle. <laughs> I love that right. word. Bulk, bulk. You guys bulk. didn't worry about your, your ripped abs or anything like that? Oh uh, yeah. Well then, no, then it was, you were supposed to, and this is, this is 60s, 1960s terminology. After you bulked up, you trimmed down, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, guys were a lot. Guys were a lot more. Yeah, uh, loved the bulking part more than the trimming down part, right? I mean, that, that, oh yeah, that the bulking part honest. is great. Yeah, yeah, and again, um, uh, I think Steele was the one who mentioned that uh, if you look, you know, at the arm greats, you know, I guess everybody Schwarzenegger's probably inspired more arm training than any, yeah, any human being on the face of the planet. And um, Jim, why don't you rip a little bit about you know how how big that kid was at what age nineteen when he won the universe, right? Yeah, man. I think, and if you read this education of a bodybuilder, it, he admits that all he cared about was biceps and chest. You know, mm -hmm. so that's what he started off doing. You know, he, and then he realized, oh man, I got to do squats. I got to do all this, but. Uh, I think he had to, don't you think that, so let's just use two, two pairs of arms. So you got Dorian's and you got Arnold's genetically, you know, Dorian could never have the shape of, uh, you know, or the, those, that kind of size, you know, it's almost like unfair that, that some get those 
crazy peaked biceps and then you know dorian had to kill himself for his arms and they still weren't where he wanted them to be right. uh, yeah it, it is genetic i mean you then, can do but, but then but then dorian yates has the most incredible calves i've ever i seen know and thighs and and low back and back yeah. you know well i'm just saying but the, let's just stick to the calves the calves oh. were as much a gift as uh you know Arnold I mean, that, amazing <laughs> amazing gift he never would have been olympia without he gifted those calves genetically one set he did one set the first calf dude he, he didn't have to do any sets i know i think he just felt guilty <laughs> if he didn't do them yeah i think you're right uh you know same thing with, same thing with mike mentor i saw mike prices uh, mike, man mike used to train at uh what was the name of the dynamo Yep. It's Dynamo Gym over in PG County. Yeah, yeah. Berwyn Heights on, in the basement. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so him and his brother would train. Mike was stationed at Andrews Air Force Base for four years. So he we would run into him periodically. And he was the same way. Both him and his brother, they just had freaky forms and freaky cast. Yeah. Um he had good Mike arms. Had his, his, yeah, his arms were good, but no peak on his arm. Just a little in the right one. His his triceps though were striated like crazy. And when I was, I watched him that one time when I was a kid, I was in eighth grade and I saw him lift and he walked by me and I, his arms were like green with veins, man. Cause he was so pumped. I was like, Whoa. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, you know, Dorian and, and the guys that don't have the hey, peaks, but hey, massive can arms. Tell, can, I, can I tell a funny little Mike Mentor story before we go on? So, Many years later, uh, kind of at the end, he was still competitive. I think it was before, uh, what was the year that he uh, hit Arnold, at the, him and Arnold? 1980. Blows at the 1980, right before Arnold. the Olympia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argument yeah. At, the, at the Olympia, backstage at the Olympia. They almost right. came to blows. Right. Um, Arnold back So, so the, the D.C., the District of Columbia, AAU, amateur athletic team, presented Mike with a plaque put him in the dc hall of fame because at the time the aau was still doing bodybuilding right they were doing amateur they've had the amateur mr america all of that so they invited mike mike came out and did a posing routine and then came up to the podium and he was huffing and puffing pretty hard after his posing routine and he looked at the plaque and he looked at the audience and i swear to god this is what he said he goes I deserve this. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little pompous from what I can understand. <laughs> and never been there. It was like crickets in the audience. Everyone was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I deserve this. I really do. Then later, the great Don Mills, the greatest uh, master's power lifter of all time. Don wandered backstage and he came back and he... <laughs> And he comes up to us. It was me, Chalet, a bunch of guys. We were there. So he comes up and he goes, that Mike Mentor, when his guts relax, he's as fat as the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> he did have that uh, that belly when he relaxed, yeah. but it wasn't well, fat. Even also, also, in Mike's defense, he he was not in comp, you know, top contest shape. And right. he, you know what I mean? He wasn't. Uh, Mike, would, Mike could pull a beautiful vacuum. Yes. Right, Western. Yeah, he, yeah, he was able to. Yeah, Mike was tiny wasted, uh, but but again, getting back to to arms, uh, gifted with with forms, gifted with calves. As far as arm growth goes, 
again, I get back to the, the inconvenient fact that too many trainees spend way too many hours yeah. blasting away at their arms, right? But, and doing it in a, in a calorie neutral or calorie uh, negative status, right? Yeah. And, and it's basically at best they can only hope to maintain what they've already grown right yeah without putting so on a bunch of body weight yeah well it's essentially a waste of time yeah so if, if if you're knocking the hell out of your arms three times a week weighing 100 and whatever 70 with 16 inch arms un unless you look to push your body weight to 175 180 something yeah all that arm training is just maintaining what a waste why would I, why would I spend, what did you say earlier, uh, JP, 40, 40 sets three times a week? That would be like a Robbie Robinson, uh, Arnold program, Franco, high body, just for the biceps. Yeah. 40 sets three times a week, 120 sets a week just for biceps, do the same for triceps, 240 sets a week to maintain. I could never recover from that. That would give me 15-inch arms. Because it would just yeah. be counterproductive for me. Yeah. You know? yes. Yeah. Jim, Jim, you're the competitive bodybuilder. What would your take on it? Um, I think you need to do arms short and intense and, and be done with it because you get so much stimulation. I'll be honest with you, man. I don't even know how much. If you do a lot of pressing, you don't need to do much triceps. You know? Yeah, no. Guys do. Guys no. do. 15, 20 sets. Yeah, but you can get it. So since you're doing all the close grip and bench and dips and on chest whoa, day. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, if you add in dips, yeah, okay. Yeah, so chest day, you do dips. So think about it. Really, you know, five five to eight sets of biceps, five to eight sets of triceps. Um, but what I, what you know, the one of the fallacies, one of, everybody used to say to me, oh, man, if you can do tons of chin-ups, you can do bent rows, lap pulls. You don't even need to train your arms and all that. But I was like, until I started training arms by themselves, I had little spindly things. Yeah, Because right. I had to, I, and I would do some cheek curls and I got some good tendonitis. But until I just said, okay, this is arm day and I'm slowing this stuff down and squeezing and contracting, my arms didn't move until that, that happened. And yeah, I mean, I, I gained muscle and body weight at the same time. Jim, were you dedicating a whole day? Well, I mean, you would have an arm day just cut out for themselves? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask. You know, most of us just throw on, uh, you know, biceps uh, at the end of chest and or whatever uh, at the end of back, uh, depending on what you like. But, uh, you know, sometimes we're pre-exhausted by them. We're, we're not giving it uh it's due it's uh what it deserves to really grow that muscle that's that's lagging behind maybe we put that in front the bice you know put the biceps in front and do the back after the chest after whatever uh or have no, no, its own no, dedicated no, no. day like like you like you no, i disagree with that you never well, yeah, leave can't, arms. you can't do never back. lead with arms never leave with arms yeah. no i i agree with that yeah uh, um, especially when you're doing back uh, yeah, I don't I don't think energy. that's a necessity for everyone. I thought that was a necessity for me because I I spent all those years bench squat, deadlift, overhead press, and yeah. I needed to play catch up. And so oh, well, 
but, but the, the good news was is that once you actually dedicated time and energy to the arms, they came up quick. Yeah. But I, I dropped the weight way down, man. Yeah, right. I don't care. And I, you know, I always train, I always have female training partners. They all curled more than me. I didn't give a shit because the arms were growing. You know, they all, I was like, okay, you, Christy was doing 50s, alternate well, dumbbell curls. I'm doing 30s. And I can, my biceps are on fire, you know. Jim uh, Wright, Dr. Dr. Jim Wright, he once, once explained it to me. He said, you know, a guy like Paul Dillette considered a bench with a pair of 30s and get the most incredible pump. And yeah. he said he's wired for it, for one thing. And he said the second thing is, is that you've got to make that mind-muscle connection. Yeah. Most guys so, that curl yeah. too heavy are basically exercising their front delta. Exactly. As soon as you dip and lean forward like that, you know, and then guys don't have their arms all, all, all the way down. That's that's now you're leading that curl with your your anterior delt. You, you know, you have, you have to open the angle completely. 180 degrees straight. Your arm has to be straight. I have my guys relax at the bottom. Yeah, totally let go. And then when you do commence the curl, you've got to feel it during every inch of the concentric if you're yeah. not you're not doing it and then squeeze and get that pinky to the outside of your shoulder at the top and squeeze that thing till yeah. it falls off and then that's a rep to the and then you lower and to the point of out. cramping to the point yes. of cramping yes. right yep and you know another thing you know i went to apply that platt seminar when i was a kid and in high school i think i was in 10th grade and uh you know he was he was still competing but he was he had torn his bicep and everything but he said until his arms start, he, until he went down to like 35 pound dumbbell curls, his arms wouldn't grow. And he said he could stand there in the mirror and, and make those 35s, you know, just connect right to his biceps, you know, and that's in 81 when he made all those muscle gains. So uh, there's some, you know, and, and if you do like a preacher curls, an excellent bicep exercise, as long as you don't bounce out of the bottom and all that, it's not dangerous, but that takes the shoulder totally out of it. And so when I do dumbbell, you know, I have a messed up shoulder. My shoulders are shot. So I, I do all preacher stuff. And when I do a dumbbell curl, I feel it in my shoulder because that's where I'm, that's where I'm initiating the movement. When I get on the preacher, I don't feel it in my shoulder. Yeah. You know, well, that's... All, all, all brace curls can eliminate the shoulder. Remember the, yes. uh, weeder arm blaster. Yeah. Back against the <laughs> wall with the weeder arm blaster. <laughs> it worked, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> It worked fantastically. JP, I'm sure you had some time with the Weeder arm blaster. I did. I had, that was one of the, uh, when I started lifting weights on the farm, that was one of the things that uh, I had uh, <laughs> along with some DP a stuff and a Weeder bench. A, and, a shovel and a pair of overalls. and Yeah, but I agree with Jim because I start getting my shoulder into it too. And one of the uh, exercises that was really killing my shoulders was the incline bench uh, dumbbell curl, you know, where you have your elbows in and your your uh, the, the dumbbells out and you're concentrating on the inner bicep. It was killing my shoulders. And I mean, I would I would reduce the weight and, and do all that. And, you know, you can get a pretty good pump. But if you got shoulder issues, it's just painful. So I agree with Jim. Take all that out of it. Go to the preacher and really just lighten the weight up. Go to the braced. It's not just the preacher. The preacher yeah. is just one particular angle of a braced curl. 
Mm. You can have yeah, a spider that, curl. That's fine. I mm -hmm. like spider curls where you lean completely over it. It's a 90 degree angle, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have yeah. various angles of the preacher curl. They typically are set at that one particular angle. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, and you can do perfectly wonderful curls mm -hmm. with that aren't braced as long as you make that mind muscle connection yeah. lean up against the wall yeah okay slash the weight also i think the biceps are the puny muscle compared to the triceps i spent all my time training the triceps biceps yeah. were like yeah okay we're going to do some bicep work but uh the the athletic muscle the muscle that pushes up the bench that pushes up the overhead press that that you use all the time is the tricep and yeah. we worked the hell out of our triceps and as kids and as olympic lifters of course we did tons of overhead pressing we did tons of narrow grip bench pressing and we did tons of dips which mccallum called the squat for the upper arm let me ask you a question about that and what you're touching on is yes but the, the tricep is bigger it's the athletic muscle it's got three heads versus two so should we naturally, and this is what I've always kind of thought, should we naturally throw in a few extra sets or another exercise to work that third head or whatever for the triceps? Just naturally, right? Do more sets for the triceps. No. I just, yeah, no. I mean, you're already like, a, you know, you're already doing, a, if you're doing your close grips and your dips on your, when you bench, which I've always done, uh, I, a couple sets of pushdowns or extensions, take it to failure, make sure those last yeah. five mm -hmm. reps of, both those yeah. sets are you can barely get the get the uh, extension and yeah you're good if you're, you know? if you're using a machine or a cable why would you not take it to failure yeah exactly there's no danger there's no danger there so let's go let's go mm -hmm. and if you got a buddy have him help you finish an extra rep or two it ain't gonna kill you machines yeah. and cables are ideal for forced reps drop sets that kind of bodybuilding tactics yeah it's not strength training this we're not doing strength training here. We're doing bodybuilding. And the tension is constant with the, uh, yeah. with the cable. Also, also, now this is interesting, I think, that in the dip, um, we did a ton, ton of dips. There was a famous, well, two, two things. There was a famous article by McCallum, where again, John McCallum, uh, Keys to Progress, where he said that, uh, he explained why the dips are the squats for the upper body, and he explained that the mechanics are basically the same if you equate the forearm to the uh, lower leg and the, you know, the upper arm to the femur, right? And when mm -hmm. you dip down, you want to dip down to like we do in the squat, just below parallel. If you go all the way down, it turns it into a pec exercise, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's also rough in the shoulders when you get super deep. And then, so we just go down to just right below parallel right. and all the action happens at the lockout which is just true in all tricep work all mm -hmm. tricep work what you see with most guys and the reason that their tricep work is no good is they have what we call a soft lockout right they kind of they kind of get three quarters yeah, yeah. or five eighths uh, and yeah. then they and you can handle a hell of a lot more weight if you don't completely lock out on every rub and we'll exaggerate the lockout we'll lock it out and i'll say now really cramp it right yeah yeah because we want to make it as hard as possible get it over as quick as possible mm -hmm. i don't want to sit there suffering for 15 reps when if i do it right i can get it done in eight now when you're doing the dips are you concentrating on keeping the elbows in 
I, yeah, that's dependent on, on how wide your different apparatus happens to be. No, we don't find critics keeping the elbows in. Our major difference was we turned our hands sideways. Modern, everybody else uh, dips with the, uh, the hand fore and aft, right? Mm -hmm. Right, the thumb forward. Well, we, we dip like you were holding a barbell or a set of dumbbells. Right. right. You turn your hand sideways and it completely changes the nature of the dip and it makes it much more applicable to benching and overhead pressing. You're saying like fingers. We don't, we don't bench and overhead press with our hands turned sideways. Right. That's the way we should dip. Okay. But again, yeah. it's, you really got to work at that because the device, the dip devices today are all designed to have. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have a wider handle. Yeah, flat, a flat wide handle would be perfect. Flatter, wider. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got started on it because we didn't have a dip apparatus, so we, so again, we're kids training in the basement. We pulled a, a wooden step ladder up next to the stairs that went down into the basement. We took two by fours and we evened it out, so you could step up on the step ladder and step off, and you had your left hand on the yeah. stair step and your right hand on the step ladder. And it was a dip device and yeah. it worked great. And, and, Oh, then you're going to love this, Jim. Remember the, uh, what was it? The iron shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the iron yeah. boots. That, uh, Weeder <laughs> sold them. Iron boots. That's it. Iron yeah. boots. Iron, yeah. Uh, the iron boots. Weeder we, sold them. Oh, uh, wait. So did York. They had it. They? Yeah. Iron, uh, iron boots that had a, a hole that you could put a dumbbell through it. Right. Awesome. So uh, we would we'd strap those on. We we the iron boots were ridiculous. No one used them for with their intended purpose, but we used them as um, to strap dumbbells on for dips. Yeah, right. We had like a belt holding the iron belt around the iron boot around our waist. <laughs> extra weight would be the dumbbell that we would hang on. Wow, we got good at those dips, man. And. Um, I was, I told this story before, but I got interviewed for football. Uh, I had to go to, into the doctor for football. I guess this is probably 1967. I took my shirt off. He looked at me. He said, oh, my God, what what happened? That terrible swelling on the back of your arm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, those dips are working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do work. And they're, and they're a lot more uh, strenuous than you think because uh, I've twinged my peck a a couple times doing dips, but never doing like a dumbbell press or something like that. Too low. You want yeah, too low. Either yeah, or a little maybe doing too much, but uh or too heavy. Yeah. Dips too many days in a row. That's usually what mm -hmm. happens. Um, uh, we our strategy was you had to work up to three sets of ten freehand before you got the strap weight on. Yeah, no, that's I agree with that, man. Because you really gotta be careful with weight on. You really gotta yeah. be careful. Well, if you have three sets of ten, you're yeah, pretty good. I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're you're yeah, pretty you good just, athlete. You're pretty yeah. good dipper. Yeah, yeah. And until you get to three sets of ten, those three sets of ten or three sets of eight or three sets of six, that will it's it is weighted dips. <laughs> it's weighted dips for you because you you're not able to do three sets of ten yet. Yeah. So you're getting as much benefit out of it as a stronger guy strapping on weight. So no, you know, don't think that oh if I don't. Unless I strap on weight, I'm not going to make dip gains. That is not true. No, I Jim, agree. what were you strapping on? How much weight? Um, no, I probably never went over 50 pounds, even at my yeah. – it's, it's, uh, 
I want to do them right. And so I would go down to parallel slightly below pause, not, not mm-hmm. relaxed, but pause then yep. all the way up, then pause. Then all mm-hmm. the way, you know, so none of this, uh, damn, bounty, I remember bounty. I lost, a, I lost a dip contest to some kid in college. Cause he was doing that. No lockout. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he ain't even locking out, man. You know how That's hard right. it is to lock out. That's right. <sighs> That's right. Good. And he was, and he was able to do 27. No, if he you made it, 60, if, 80, if you made him do it, going crazy. I was like, yeah. And if you made it do it right, he couldn't do 11. No, I know. I was like, what is going on here, man? He had small calves too, right? Oh, he was <laughs> tiny. Those tiny guys can, you know, they go all day with that. Well, thing. yeah, yeah. Again, also with their pull-ups, because you know, if you weigh 230, well, well let's strap 100 pounds onto a 130-pound guy and see how many pull-ups he's going to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, if you have a a 300 pound lineman in college that can do a set of 10 dips like real good man that's oh my God. he is strong he's, he is he's strong. a beast he's a 400 bencher yeah that's right that's right so we work yeah. also let's talk hierarchy of bicep and tricep exercises jim's already talked about his love for braced biceps right uh we like the we like the single dumbbell overhead tricep extension Mm-hmm. I love that because you get it and we really concentrate on having the guys you can some one movement you can actually stretch the triceps mm-hmm. okay and that's a good thing you know how like we stretch the pecs with you know we can stretch the thighs with you know deep squats and that's the way to stretch the triceps and you let that sucker you relax your arms and let it hang behind you and it stretches down. Then you re-engage and just push it straight up. And, and then grind up. Don't jerk it. And a complete it. hard lockout. Yeah. Right? And let me tell you, and we and never more than like six to eight reps, you know? This is a power move. And when you right. grind it up, Marty, instead of just, you know, jerking it back up and, and you're stretching and all that, you well, can I feel the engagement of just serving more muscle fibers. <laughs> Huh? It's hard to jerk something up when you're stretching that deep, man. It's just like yeah. you can just re-engage. And you realize how weak you are in that exercise yeah. right away in that bottom position. Yeah. The uh, I like it with a two-hand, too, with a two-hand also braced, seated uh, with a heavy dumbbell. The problem you, is... Now, how do you say braced? So in a, in a, a bench that sits straight up and down, like a press bench. Yeah, like a Roman bench or whatever. Yeah, that's what I use. You know, a seated. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like a chair back. back. Yeah, I have to do it degree. seated. Yeah, I can't. Degree. I can't get all I can get out of it uh, if I'm standing. I just can't do it. Yeah, the problem problem is that you get to a certain point where you're too, you know, 150. You're using 150s. You got to get somebody handed to you. You know, and no, it doesn't go past. Nobody's it, so. nobody's using 150s. Oh, no question. I was using 150s in those, man. Well, I'm but not, I was, I'm you know. Not. 260. Yeah, yeah, but you were weighing 500. Okay, that's different. Yeah, 260. Okay. We're talking yeah. about normal humans. They're using 35s. Okay. Yes. No, I know. And they and don't need know. anybody, and they don't need anybody to hand it to them. But if you think about, you know, Kirk used to say that to me too. I'd say, well, what about tricep extensions? He's like, man, you know how much freaking weight I got to put on there, and how bad that is right. for my elbows. You know what I mean? He got to the point where if he didn't do linear exercises like a row once in a while but always that straight up and down deadlift squat he was the chance of injury really went up for him but yeah you can get to kirk worked a real damn job uh he was a union printer who worked hard all day long 
Right. Ed Ed had a different Ed Cohn had a different situation. Ed had his time to himself, and so he had time to spend two hours a day, five days a week in the gym. Kirk didn't have that. Plus, he his recovery was better, Marty. His recovery, you think, because he was able to sort of write. I mean, did he? Did, was he working? Uh, he wasn't working like a job like Kirk was. Oh, Ed wouldn't work at all. Yeah, so he had time. He had more recovery, so he could. Oh yeah. Plan oh his hell recovery yeah. Oh everything. oh absolutely yeah. That that's my point. Right. Uh, also, that's why um, Ed or Jim, I would also say you, because if if you're in a a facility like when you were at Penn, yeah, eight ten hours a day, yeah. Well, let's do something, right? I mean, if I was in a gym all day, every day, I'd be going, all right, you know, all the day, let's do some legs, you know, during the dead time. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. conducive to volume if if you spend time in a facility. Kirk was like, that time was precious to him. Yeah. Right? He got there, he made time, and he basically used all these days off to train. He was either training or recovering from training. So, I mean, it was a very monk-like existence. But that's the only way he could do it and work a real physical mm-hmm. job. Yeah. He did that for 10 years. Yeah. Now, he built as big a set of arms as I've ever seen in my life. Real big. On, on a guy his height on, I don't know, three sets a week and no direct tricep work. <laughs> three sets of curls a week. His arms are incredible. So he would he would add that arm day in when he felt like his arms were lagging. I remember he'd say, <laughs> yeah. put that on Tuesdays because I was there for a bunch of them. And, and uh, he'd go in that, you know, that dumbbell room in Mac. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The dumbbell room in Mac. And he'd have, uh, you know, 150 on the easy curl bar. Yeah, yeah. And he'd have the 80s and he would do real strict alternate yeah. dumbbell curls. Uh-huh. And then he would do a few <laughs> sets of the... Uh, yeah, you know the the uh, triceps. He didn't do triceps though, except he said nah. he would do the close grip for his triceps, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't do. I, I never really saw him do close grips. I saw him do incline and flat bench. Okay. I don't know. Did I? Did he? It's I, on that I video. He's close gripping. You know, on that whole video cycle. Yeah, on Tuesdays. Okay. But. All right. But he was a 600-pound bencher, too, so handling that weight, having those oh, genetics, yeah. he, he had a, strong. It's I mean, ridiculous the way he looked with just deadlifting. And and I said, and how did your back get so muscular? And he said, well, I did a little T-bar row where I really squeeze once in a while. But, I mean, he did two exercises. His back looks like, you know, he would win any state show. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and, and, and Jim. In that thing. Kirk, Kirk was a collection of great body parts. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, his back was like unfolding. He, he yeah, muscle. that's right. But he, Kirk did not have the symmetry. His hips were too wide. He, he, um, he was like, remember uh, Mike Quinn or Steve Maserato? Yeah, he just had slabs of muscle. They they would always get like, Matt, I think Matarazzo had more covers on flex than anyone. But it was always either his calves or his biceps. Because if you saw his whole physique, he had like the narrowest shoulders and the widest hips. And he looked so weird. Okay. Yeah. Long have torso. A, long torso. But he had great, like everybody wanted big arms, right? So Matarazzo, man, he had covers. That arm of his was on some <laughs> covers. Right. Flex magazine. 
he was a good looking boy too. So, uh, but again, that, that ties back into what we're talking about, about, you know, giant arms being the most coveted body part. I think it might be in our DNA, something about big arms or, well, and it's what you can symbolic see of time. power and, you know, yeah. or, but that's the one body part that you can always see, you know, usually because yes, you got that's good. a mm-hmm. shirt on, you know, you got a t-shirt yeah. on. Yeah, it's the most impressive. It's the most intimidating. It's the, it's what you, you use your arms to do everything in life, right? To, uh, you know, and, you know. and if a guy has a good physique and, and unusually skinny arms, everybody notices. Or if he has, yeah, that's right. That's right. Or the yeah. same thing with legs. But I remember being like in Ocean City as a kid, man, and there'd be a bodybuilder walking down the beach or something like that. Or you'd see a bodybuilder as a, as a uh, bouncer at the purple moose saloon. Right. And it, it always be like a guy who had huge freaking arms. And I would just right. walk by on purpose, like 10 times just to freak <laughs> look at his arms, man. Yeah. I remember going up to one, one of the guys, he had a gold's gym t-shirt and I was with my sister's best friend and, and she was like three years older than me. So, I didn't realize the guy was hitting on her the whole time, but I was like, asking him questions. I was like, how'd you get those big arms? And what, how many sets do you do? And do you know Arnold? And he, do you know Arnold? He's he like, beat it, kid. I want to talk to this girl. Beat it, kid. Yeah. It but was it's impressive, man, when you're a kid, man. Oh, yeah. Mentor's arms. And then I remember there was a Maryland football player that was at a basketball game one time, and I was sitting in the stands. Scott fans, and he played at the New York Jets and all this. And he – uh he had a white T-shirt on. And he had striated triceps, and I was like, I would kill for those things. Man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly right. They're 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 motivating, right? I don't think I looked at the basketball guy. I was just looking at those freaking. I was like, damn, bro. right? We uh, we How used to go I to Venice. That? We used to go to Venice Beach in the summertime and go to Muscle Beach, and uh, even my grandfather used to drive us over there, and he'd drive us to golds and and get t-shirts and tank tops and stuff and uh it never failed man we'd walk to uh muscle beach there and watch these guys working out and jim you're right when when you're that age man it's magical when you're a kid and you're seeing those guys with those 20 21 inch plus arms and it's just something magical and you're like oh my god i gotta have that one day and i'm gonna do whatever it takes but at venice it was the craziest thing it never failed you'd have these guys out there pumping up their arms they'd have massive arms and these little tiny legs and i was like something's not right here they gotta they gotta start doing some squats and some uh calf raises and stuff but yeah um my father called it the piano leg syndrome (laughs) yeah really yeah but yeah those were great times i remember buying t-shirts uh at world gym from joe gold he was standing behind the counter and he said, what do you boys need? Uh, a couple of tank tops. That was pretty cool. That was the day Arnold was there. He was filming uh, Terminator 2. Really? Well, there you go. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, that was cool. Never forget that. But uh, very so, inspiring. Speaking of Schwarzenegger, his all-time favorite single bicep exercise was the cheat curl. I would call yeah. it the slight cheat curl mm-hmm. or the barely cheat curl. But he loved that movement. He always started his arm, his bicep workout with that. And it had a, a particular uh, technique to it. Um, not 
an excessive jolt to get it started. One of the mistakes that a lot of the cheek curlers make is they turn a cheek curl into a, a reverse clean. Yeah, it's just right. get, like Marty, it's just getting a little momentum, you know, just get a yeah. little, just give yourself just a enough, little. Get it moving, right? And then at the top, yeah. where he's not strong enough to lock it out, you'll use just a hair of lean back, just, mm -hmm. and it's an, it's an overload tactic. It's like wearing straps to do deadlifts. Mm -hmm. he's able to he's able to curl more than he's actually capable of by using a little bit of a fudge technique but if you watch him he's a master at just giving himself barely enough to complete the curl yeah right and so that's an art form so so what i was he using well, it depends on what stage of his career you're quoting that, right? Uh, I've seen a picture I think that, with I think that with, with Steele, Steele and I, we have this theory that when everybody looks at him and pumping iron, the muscle was already built. Right. Okay. Yeah. He, all he's doing is refining it and, and getting the body fat percentile down. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He's not. He was gigantic in Austria. 19. Yeah. Oh, he was he doing was, powerlifting. Well, he was huge. I mean, yep. he he's publicly admitted that he started taking Diana Ball at age 12. Really? <laughs> Allegedly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Because so, when he started going to the commercial gym, whatever age that was, 12, 13. And Heinlich was, was there. <laughs> that's that's where they basically was handing the stuff out like candy. No one knew any better. That's right. I, that, I think that's where it was made. So it's it probably made right down the street. How convenient. So, um, yeah, and of course, later in life, you did have to have a heart valve replaced too. But, uh, but Marty, Marty, would you say that's at the top of the uh, exercise list for biceps, the standing bicep for him, curl? I, for him, it was a perfect movement for building the size that he wanted. Yeah. And, so, and, yeah. I think that is, uh, and again, this this overload principle is the complete opposite of Steele's preacher bench. Right. Because All I got preacher was, bench, yeah. You can't, you can't. It, it ensures the strictness. It doesn't allow mm -hmm. for any purposeful fudge. I use twenties. I use twenties yeah. in the dumbbell yeah. preacher bench. That's right. I, but I go like literally a four count negative. Yeah. And uh, and you're and, and you're a seven hundred deadlift. Yeah, 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 and I don't care at all. There's a, yeah. there, I don't care at all. Yeah, because it pumps me up, you know. <laughs> but, but Marty, what was Arnold doing after the the cheat curls? So he would go oh, do something like concentration curls. Yeah, he had to, he had to do everything. He had to get to twenty sets for those. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. Remember him pumping iron. He was doing oh, the yeah. concentration curls. Oh you, yeah. You notice though when he's posing, if he's doing one arm, it's always the right arm because it's oh, got yeah. the better peak on it. Every single time. Take a look at that. That's good. But again, also I think it's too much emphasis on the biceps, not enough on the triceps. Um, the tricep is the, the the monster muscle. And in terms of you know arm size, if you want to bring your arm, if if you're like, my arms are pathetic at 15. Okay, well, you get them to 16. And that's noticeable. An inch added to an arm size is noticeable. Mm -hmm. Two inches, and all of a sudden, you're in a different league. Now, I'm assuming that you are able to maintain 
it's not a two inch arm increase. That's 80% fat. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be quality muscle. You don't, you don't want to build arm size on pizza and beer. Yeah. You know, what about forearms, man? Because even when, even in a, a, a shirt down to the elbow, I mean, you see those old school guys who's it's, it was, uh, Pearl. It was Bill Pearl, Bill Pearl, Bill Pearl. And he's All those guys. and he's in a white, a white a button down. Yeah. Or sitting on the bench. And oh, his no, no, no. forearms are like oh, yeah. snakes and so yeah. huge. You yeah. know, and he's and like he, twisting and, off and he, stuff. Jimmy, he 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 trained them three times a week, 12 to so 16 sets, 12 to 16 sets per session. Well, what's that? Three times 12, what's that? 36. 36 to 44 sets a week. And guess what? He was born with giant casts and giant forms. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think one of the best uh, arm shots is uh, Sergio Oliva. You know, the oh, one where he's got the hat on and he's oh, like, yeah. oh, playing pool. pool stick or something. Yeah, playing pool, man. He is monster. <laughs> and it's funny. His kid has the same exact shape on his arms. It's, it's you know, they're like genetic twins in the arms anyway from what i can see forearms got the same shape and all that um, yeah but this is a guy who, who cleaned and pressed 300 and cleaned and jerked 380 right right yeah you know, you know what i mean i mean mm -hmm. yeah and uh what did jeff beaverson jeff told me one time he said oh he was at the duncan y which is where sergio trained sergio was another one you know he was he worked when he won the olympia he had a day job. <laughs> yeah, because they weren't making any money. <laughs> was that yeah, when he was a, a TV service guy or something? For, 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 no, 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 no. First, he was a butcher. First, he worked in oh, yeah, the Chicago stockyards. Then he was a butcher. Then he became a policeman. Yeah. Oh. How right. TV so, yeah, guy? he had real. He had a real day job his old competitive. Oh, career. yeah. Jeff Everson told me one time, he said he saw Sergio do 15 sets of flat benches, 15 sets of wide grip overhead chins, supersetted. And I think Jeff said he used 245 and 255 in the bench. And he'd yeah. do like 12 to 15 reps, yeah. right? For 15 sets, I thought, what? I said, that. He said, he, he said, Marty, he was so pumped up. He said, I thought he was gonna explode. Yeah, he yeah. said to beat Arnold in 71, no question. Uh, never never was never was a guy so far out in front of the rest of the world Essen, it was an Essen, right that 72 olympia that he should have beat arnold i mean that's when he, when he that's when he when went he, to florida when he, when he first came on the scene before schwarzenegger yeah he was so far he was the first guy that said, this guy's too big uh but but he was he was the complete package man he was built for it he was an odd Odd physique, Jim, in that he had perfect structure, but he had big bones. Yes. Right. But small like, joints. But did small you see joints. the size of his fist? Yeah. Like he's got that pool cue in it. His it's like a cartoon. Like, he's like a cartoon. Like, yeah. Yeah. It looks like Sonny Liston's fist. I mean, it's just I'll tell you what, man, I like the way he looks better than the guys today. I mean, I mean, I'll, I, oh, you know, I'll he, tell you. he, he oh, would yeah. come in. There wasn't no Christmas tree or nothing, but God dang, he looked good, man. He looked uh, good. You know? uh, yeah, and again, an, another genetic wonder, right? 
Right. Just, just, I mean, some guys are, you know, some guys are Bo Jackson, some guys are Ed Cohn, some guys are Sergio Oliva, and they're just born that way. Um, yeah. Now, he amplified on his talent, and he was a hell of a hard worker, but uh, his arms, um, he was the first guy with arms bigger than his head. <laughs> and and the pictures show it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, they were like uh, pumpkins, like Two flexed pumpkins. <laughs> He'd be impressive in person. When, when I saw Platts, his arms were tiny. They were just amazingly shaped. You know, not the one he tore, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't big, you know, like hanging hanging out of his no. shirt big. Because his bicep no. and tricep were high. You know how some guys yeah. have that big gap genetically, like Franco did. They had a big gap <laughs> between the bicep and the center of their elbow, like. Yeah. Um, so, honestly, for Tom, it was like, he had the wrong upper body on top. Yeah, of he just body. had one good year, eighty-one. Well, Frank, he, he could he, he could have never caught his upper body up with his legs, so that was the first thing, and uh, it looked kind of like Kirk, he lagged Kirk behind did. on Kirk. Huh? Did. Kirk did. Kirk. Well, Kirk did, but I'm saying I'm saying, uh, but what, okay. What was Platz's uh, thigh measurement compared to Kirk? Do we know I, that? I don't know. I have I, I have no. Now, and his listen, Platz had that big. They weren't that big. They're, they're I mean, obviously they have size, but they're just like a, a, a crazy looking in, in person. Um, I don't think they're 33. I didn't think they were 30. I don't think they were over 30, maybe 30, maybe 30. But he's his, a, now that's he's a big. A, he's a smaller guy than you think, too. He really is tiny. He really yeah. is. Um, you, but anyway, you look yeah. look at but, the pictures but, in the magazine and you think everybody's six foot. Right, the yeah. separation in person, and you're like, "Oh my yeah. god, that guy!" I've seen him walking around. He's like what five eight or something, five nine. If that, I don't know about maybe, that, but he, maybe. but his his thighs were like otherworldly. Like, what is wrong with those things? You know, because every quadricep was clearly delineated, like, but not like it was like an anatomy chart. I've right. never seen anything like that. The, right. the inner thigh was so overly developed. Never seen anything like that. I don't even know how he walked around. I, mean, I got to tell this story, even though I've told it on the podcast before. So he had torn his bicep and he went to the Olympia in 82 and didn't get it fixed. So he didn't get it fixed right away. So consequently, when he got it fixed, it still looked like it had torn. Uh, if he ever, I guess he did get it fixed, but uh, it's, you could see it. It was obvious when he was posing. So what he did was he came out, I was a little disappointed because he didn't have any kind of presentation. He just said, okay, guys, ask me questions, which, wow, way to prepare for this. And I was a kid. I, you know, it's probably cost me 40 bucks to be there. <laughs> so anyway, people asked him questions and, and, uh, and then he started posing at the end. Um, and he's like, yeah, you can, can, Hey guys, this is my torn bicep. You can barely tell. Right. And this guy goes, no, you can really tell dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! It's a big difference yeah. between the right and the left. Wow! You could see and yeah. you could see Tom's face just fall. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I I, I thought that that, that uh, Flex Wheeler should have won a couple of Olympias after oh, yeah. Dorian tore that bicep. Oh, everybody's sleeping with everybody, and it's just like oh, yeah, I didn't like I didn't like that. So anyway, getting back to big arms. Yeah, Num yeah. number one, number one. If you're serious, take a look at back in the ancient days we had a rule of thumb if you wanted to push your arm size up one inch you needed to gain 10 pounds of i would say relatively lean muscle mass jim would you concur that seems right so yeah. 
if you if you weigh 180 and you have 15 inch arms and you want to get 17 inch arms realistically you're going to have to push your body weight up to 200 which you should be anyway as a man as a man uh, now now is that maybe <laughs> 10 10 pounds of lean mass i don't know but i'm telling you you if you stay 180 and you have 15 inch arms you're never going to get 17 inch arms no it's not going to happen you're not going to find the magic routine that you get the rest of you gets to stay the same but your arms magically grow okay now if you're untrained what, yes. like jim was talking about oh i had purposely not trained arms for many years and all of a sudden i started training that's different mm-hmm. okay because we're talking about uh, trained individuals you're right people that are used to progressive resistance training and have been doing arm work in terms of volume versus intensity i guess that depends on the amount of time you care to devote toward it i will say this lee priest makes a very convincing argument that and i've seen him on videos say this he said basically if you're a bodybuilder that's different than being a strength trainer if you're a bodybuilder you have to crush your body part yeah you have to blast it and blast it and blast it in a session until it's decimated then you go home and feed it and rest it and when it's healed up again come back and do it again uh but of course this is the guy who you know famously in the off season would eat an entire bucket of kfc by himself He was 300 pounds at like 5'3", man. He didn't give a damn. He didn't care at all. He's making a comeback. He's making a comeback. Jay Cutler said, he said when he, he saw him when he was that big, he said, Lee Priest is the largest human I ever saw. He said he was so big he couldn't walk by himself. (laughs) He was big, man. He was big. And he was strong, too. He he would, uh, in pre-contest, Incline bench press 315 for reps, no problem. Sets and mm. sets with yeah, uh, yeah. 315. Yeah. 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 Well, he was a, yeah, but, but, but again, um, he's a, he's a, he'd be a 40 bicep, 40 set bicep, 40 set tricep guy. Yeah. I, I really want to tell those guys, and, you know, not that Lee Priest needs any help with his arms, <laughs> but people like that to say he would get the same thing if I went in there and said, you have five sets all out for your biceps you're not allowed to do anything less or more than five more than five sets you have to get his most the most intensity in these five sets his arms will grow the same way maybe even better which would be something to say for lee priest but in general people are just better off instead of the pumping and pumping and looking around and pumping say man i got you know eight sets i'm gonna do two exercises four sets a piece Every one of them is going to be the last couple reps. I couldn't do another yeah. one, That's uh, right. no matter what. And you'll be done. And don't feel guilty. You worked harder than everybody well, else. It's not a matter of feeling guilty. It's a matter of after you do that, you got nothing left. What are you going to do now? Okay, we're going to do preacher curls. And what are you going to use? Right. The fives? Yeah, I, I really think Mentor's original thoughts with the four day a week, very you know, six sets of body parts, something like that is is with the way to go I, a lot of his stuff and i'm sure it's stolen from jones or, or borrowed some of it 
but is coming true with, with the research and all that, where it's the last few reps of your set, not the amount of sets that count, you know? Well, yeah, it's the, the, it's the severity of the effort. That's it's the intensity. It's all you say. You say it. That's all you say, Marty. It, it's the intensity of powerlifting. It's the intensity in bodybuilding. It's the intensity in everything you do that really counts. You know, it's not the that's, duration. That's, that's the only way the adaptive response is going to be triggered. The adaptive response hypertrophy is not going to be triggered in response to some sort of, oh, I have three more reps in me. Yes. That's that right. Why would it, it, why does it need to adapt? That's like calf training. That's people it. walking yeah. around. I see people, oh. I see people just doing calves without a stretch, without any weight, without, you know, and that stuff feels good. And yeah, you may be strengthening to a certain point, but then you have to punish those things. They're used to walking around with your body weight all day long. That's you know, right. you have to, you have to punish those things and you don't need to do it forever, you know? Well, and that, but that's the schism. Uh, I, I had a very good uh, contrast when I went over to work with Ed Cohn and uh, Ray Williams at the Virginia powerlifting competition. Uh, the one, the big competition was had, held at a large bodybuilding gym. And uh, it was flooded with really top bodybuilders. I mean, this was a Saturday mid midday and this was a really well i think god jim i think they had a hundred resistance machines yeah wow. not counting cardio machines every resistance machine known to man it was a football field full of them right every isolated muscle you could think of they could do and and the place was lined with mirrors and there were people in those mirrors all the time now <laughs> when we did the cone seminar it was at a hardcore gym. You would have loved this place. They, they have a motto as you walk in. We box, we lift, we row. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and one of my, oh, uh, one of my guys said, he's looking around. He goes, Marty, there's no mirrors in this gym. Oh, yeah. I said, that's right, buddy. <laughs> and that's where we had the, the cone seminar. But it was interesting. The, the, the bodybuilders, were connected to the mirrors i mean it was integral they needed those mirrors to train yeah right now not when they're on a machine they can't be in front of a mirror but anytime they grab dumbbells or free weights or anything they wanted to get in front of that mirror and they're staring at themselves to <laughs> see if they're making that mind muscle connection right yeah. mm -hmm. whereas in the strength training gym it was just uh equipment and weights and i mean it was sweat and, uh, giant strong guys yeah. uh but it was an interesting contest because in the bodybuilder it was all about sculpting molding uh you know what i mean and they were pump, yes. pump, 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 and, and they were everybody had their shakes and their water and their little oh, meals and tupperware that. containers and the distilled water and everybody was just and they were going at it man but you went to the strength training gym and that's where you would see Kirk. I remember like it was yesterday, you'd walk in and Mac on certain days, Stacy and I'd walk in and Mac, Kirk would be in the dumbbell room, curling his eighties and just look over and you go, Hey, what's up? Right. <laughs> curling eighties. Right. And I was like, good God. Kirk later went into a curl contest over at Kevin LeBron's gym. Yep. And won, I believe he did two twenty. Yep. I got a picture super, of it. Yep. Super, super strict. 220, 225. 
super strict and he didn't train for it. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, it's just like he just kind of showed up and said, here's what I can do. Yeah. And this is a guy where I don't, I mean, he only did three, what, three or four sets a week. Right, Jim? Yeah. I mean, he was just super heavy and, and, uh, a week. he walked in. So we were training three or four sets a week. And Brett Wagner 20, and I, 21 inch arms. Rob Wagner and I came down from Penn. Now, then I was living in, in Jersey and he was up here in, in Maniunk. And I said, man, let's go down to Mac on Saturday, Kirk's bench, yeah. and, and we'll yeah. catch a workout. And uh, it a good he walked, Wagner and I are sitting there, and he walked in. And I was like, damn, that mug is thick, man. I didn't say that. I said, MF or is thick. And Wags, who throws uh, compliments around like manhole covers, said, <laughs> said he is thick, man. And I, that's <laughs> when I knew. I was, I, I was right, because he is thick. <laughs> yeah. And it was that's the like side. That. He was coming in. We could see the side. And so you're looking at his arm and shoulder, you know, that's what we're, oh, we're saying, you know, that, that. Oh, I was, I was, looking, I was, I was looking at it. He showed up at the cone uh, event and his, his arms are still, I mean, they're, and his forearms too, they're, they're huge and they're defined. No, they're not as defined as when he was, you know, competing, but let me tell you, they're not fat. Yeah. And the same thing with his legs. His legs are still, I mean, they're, they're tight, right? I mean, he's just amazing, amazing physiology. And on the triceps, again, no direct tricep work, right? You say narrow grips, you're talking narrow grip bench. That's bench. not like yeah, doing tricep kickbacks or, no. or, 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 or tricep push Oh, man, down. I should have had, uh, there are some worthless, I don't think kickbacks are worthless, but they're very feminine. But, um, People do them wrong. They use all kind of momentum. They got to pin their arm against the body on stuff. Well, I wouldn't let anybody at Penn ever do a kickback because they would, right. you know, because we don't do that. So Justin Watson goes down and trains him in for the combine with, you know, they have these specialized guys. You live there and uh, they train, they chain, they basically train you how to do the 40 and beat the clock and, and uh, pro agility and the 225 bench. They're, they're, they're combine experts. Yeah. And don't you think that's sort of unfair? They should change the combine. But anyway, so the guy goes, all right, we're going back there and, and do some kickbacks. And Justin refused to do them. <laughs> and and he goes, what's the problem? And Justin's like, I can't face my strength coach from college. <laughs> if he asks me what I did and I say kickbacks, he'll disown me, man. So he never did. <laughs> what about forearms? I mean, we always forget to talk about that. Uh, I do tons of hammer curls, and so do my clients, man. Lots of hammer curls. Well, do we need to do them? Does, is a guy like, um, you know, Ronnie Coleman, was he doing forearms? Was Dorian doing forearms? Now, Dorian actually said he never did forearms. He yeah, just squeezed the bar. He had 19-inch forearms. By They're just so squeezing. genetic. They're so – I mean, everything's yeah. right. Man, forearms are so visibly genetic. Right. Yeah. So if you don't have the genetics, you might want to, and, and I always throw on some sets because it's, it's always been a lagging body part for me genetically. And you can look at, you, you know, my, my grandfathers and stuff like that, you know, nobody was busting out of their shirts with the forearms. So, you know, I put some wrist curls in there uh, with dumbbells and do the hammers, like you're saying, Jim. Uh, but I mean, should we train those every time we, train arms or train them every not other me. week or not me i ain't done a forearm work in my life i'm not no now no 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 we tried the, the wrist curls over the end of the bench and then the reverse wrist curls and all they that suck, stuff. But they it, suck. It, it just never 
it never converted to anything. We never yeah. saw no massive gains in your forearms. You right. did all this stuff and just kind of pumpy, pumpy, and your arms would get swollen up. It feel great for the yeah. 20 minutes after you did it. I just but think past that, it, didn't cha- it didn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah, so for you, because you guys were powerlifting. Now, Jim, you, you're a bodybuilding competitor, yeah. so obviously, you know, that's probably more something that you're going to do. So what were you doing for for uh, forearms? I never did any direct work except for hammer curls. And mm-hmm. uh, I would just not use straps until my la- I needed them, right? So yeah. I would be just gripping things. And you're thinking you're doing 12 reps, 15, 20 reps. You're gripping things for a long time. Um, one thing that I genetically, my father has big forms, so I'm prone to my forearms being decent size. And so the one of the reasons I had to do 30s in the dumbbell curls, because if I went heavier, my forearms and, and front delts took over, and my biceps didn't right. grow at all. So <laughs> Arnold could do the cheek curls. I was I, I didn't get anything out of that. That's it, My forearms would blow up like crazy. Yeah. So I would have to to say, and I got this from Everson, man. He is a really smart guy. Yeah, he was. Um, this was like 95 or something. I read Everson and he said, and he taught, he taught, he's like, why are you starting with your palm facing your thigh on the dumbbell curl? Why don't you turn it out and keep it out? Mm-hmm. And then, and still at the top is the supination where you aim for p- having your pinky on the outside of your shoulder. So, yeah you know, palm facing and then curl, you know, you have to, and then right away your poundage is going to drop. So people won't do it, but you should do it. And at the top squeeze and turn that pinky. I mean, you're not going to be able to do it, but that's the squeeze and the supination you need. Okay. You and, and, and you'll feel it exactly in your biceps and you'll cramp your biceps. And that's how you know your targeting is exact. Yeah. He's really smart guy. Well, you knew him. He was a friend of yours. Ah, yeah. Jeff is great. Uh, he, Get this. He in in college he um, snatched three twenty five. Yeah, yeah. He was an Olympic lifter and a track guy, he said, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a track guy. He said that um, he was. I think he placed fifth at the collegiate nationals. Wow. <coughs> um, five eighty five raw bench press. Yeah, he was a bencher. When he put his body weight up. Yeah. Um, great looking guy. Big tall Nordic looking dude um used to he wear was a little different wearing. right he had the big <laughs> earrings the feather yeah, earrings he, great. he had uh jeff at his peak had the uh, you know when the guys used to go to the beauty parlor to get their hair pumped up what perm, call, like perm, jerry perm. Curl. a perm yeah, a perm. perm yeah 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 <laughs> and he was he was blonde as hell right right and he would wear like turquoise earrings and yeah. turquoise jewelry and he had on like an indian like a a, a fringe western jacket right? yeah yeah i remember that right right oh uh, we had oh uh, we had good fun. hey we, was uh, he like was he like one of us like you could sit around and have a beer with him and, and yeah 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 but he he had a foot in both worlds he was eccentric right he was just a little um, no he, he was he was he was smart he had i mean but he would like hang out with clint eastwood and he had a rolls yeah. royce and he married Corey everson and uh, we had okay. one memorable meeting where it was myself, Jim Wright, and Julian Schmidt. And because we were the Weeder Top Gun Riders, we were at, we at uh, Olympia in Atlanta. We had, I think, three years in a row they had the Olympia in Atlanta. Yep. So uh, we, because we were Top Gun Weeder Riders, we had beautiful suites and we had access to the hotels 
private room, rooftop, penthouse lounge. We had <laughs> free cookies and free booze. So oh, I know this story. <laughs> yeah, we went up there and it was myself and Jim and Julian. And then here comes here comes Jeff and he's got some beautiful fitness model and he's coming over. Hey, <laughs> so we sit down and having drinks and all this stuff. And then in comes Louis Farrakhan and the fruit of Islam. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> That was surreal. So we're sitting in this penthouse and they were, they were, they circled them up. <laughs> they thought we were going to get them or something. I don't know. And Farrakhan, he didn't look up at, he didn't look at us one time. And he's like turning a newspaper one page at a time and eating a cookie. Right. And oh, everybody else is standing at attention around right. him. <laughs> and then we were over there and uh, we'd had a few cocktails and of course, you know, Jim and I are and Julian. We're uh, we were we were a little ahead of the ahead of the. Uh, we were we were pushing the the supersonic speed limit that day. Yeah. And uh, the fruit of Islam was having none of us. So uh, that was uh, that was crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeff died, died of mysterious circumstances too. It was kind of a. I felt I thought he was going to last longer than any of us. Really. Oh, he just was looked. He looked a picture of health. I mean, the guy was perfect, man. He was tall, lean. You know what I mean? In shape, yeah. always in shape. I never saw. I never saw him out of shape. Yeah. Uh, just looked great. Always seemed vibrant. Got a bounce in his step. You know. So imagine, that. imagine this. At one point, Mike Webster of the Steelers, true yep. strength, great. Fred Hatfield, everybody knows, Doctor Squat. Yep. Uh, Bill Kazmaier. Yep. Corey Everson and Jeff Everson all at the same college. Yeah. University of Wisconsin. Wait exactly. Room. Exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine, man, all those brains and, and I mean, they were developing stuff that we use, you know, today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Fred, Fred uh, was Jeff's mentor. Fred sort of led the way. Okay. Uh, Fred, Fred got recruited by Joe. Because, you know, Fred's super smart, had a PhD yeah. and was a world champion lifter. So uh, and then Fred bought Jeff to the West Coast. Oh, right. And of course, he was a natural. And then Fred, Fred, for some reason, got in a huff. They they were going to make him. They wanted to make him. They were trying to start a competitor. Yeah. The so they started sports fitness, sports fitness magazine. Yeah, I thought it was yes. great. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. They had Lyle Alzado on the front on the first issue. Randy yep. White was in there doing yep. uh, stuff. Yep. They had uh, it was always like an, a pro football player in there. They, you know, yep. and then it started going more towards bikini models and thin little uh, exactly. thinly guys and turned into men's health or men's fitness. That's, that's when Fred quit. Yeah. Fred yeah. got in a huff and he quit. And, and it was so, so that's good. When, it was so that's good. when Jeff, Jeff came in and took, took Fred's place. And of course, Corey was a, she was a scholarship athlete at Wisconsin. Track, track yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that, but yeah. um, back to big arms. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's interesting stuff. I mean, it's, it's really the foundation of a lot of stuff we talk about is all those personalities, you know? Yeah. And um, Jeff was well-rounded. He, again, Olympic lifter, uh, power lifter, bodybuilder. Mr. America uh, over 40. Mr. America. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever run into him, JP? Uh, Jeff uh, Everson? Jeff Everson. Uh, I don't believe so, no. 
Maybe you he missed was, him. Was that before was, or after you? Yeah, he was, I don't know. He was the boss at Flex for many years before he started Planet Muscle. Was I Planet ran into Muscle, was Planet Muscle, Joe right? Weider, yes. but not uh, Jeff. Okay, yeah, so, so what's, a, what's a good arm program? What, so you got a guy who's once he's been lifting for a while, but he wants to focus on building, building bigger arms. What are some key points and uh, even technical stuff that you would tell him? I'd have him train twice a week. I think I'd have him let's see, uh, do one arm session after uh, benching, right? Uh, content, I don't know. I guess it depends how much time and energy he has. Also, what, what, what are the arm exercises that he can make a connection to? Right, Obviously, right. we would start with the best ones. Uh, but mm, I don't know. I, I don't see a need to train arms more than even in a specialization program. If you do bicep, tricep, rest, bicep, tricep, rest, bicep, tricep, rest. I mean, you can get through five sets of arms in what? T 10 minutes, Jim? 15 yeah, minutes? fast. Fast. Yeah. So you do that twice a week. To me, that's a pretty good, pretty good damn start. I, I really couldn't see doing it more than that. I don't know if you need to work the arms three times. A no, week. no, hell no. The biceps are so small. JP, what, how often do you train your arms? Also, I would switch out the exercises. If I was training twice a week, I'd try to switch the exercises out. Agreed. Uh, I, so I throw the uh, triceps in after chest. Right. And uh, I throw the biceps in after after back. So I'm on a four day schedule and I train three times a week. So it takes me a little bit more than a better than a week to get the entire body. You go done. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday. That's your training cycle. Exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah. So um, and, and man, that's that's all I need. I mean, you know, and when I do biceps, I do uh probably about four to six sets, just blast it out. And then uh, same with triceps. You know, I'll do like a, a dip or a close grip press or something or a, or a, um, a you know, a dumbbell tricep extension seated. Love that. Yeah. And, um, you know, do a couple of heavy sets first and then just burn it out at the end and go home. But um, that's like I was saying, um, I've always followed once I found Dorian and what, what he's doing and then the heavy duty uh, principle and all that stuff. I, I did that and it just made a lot more sense for me. And I, I got some really good growth out of my arms. If I do too much with lightweight, I just, yeah, I get a good pump, but I get no growth. I seem to go in reverse. Right. Um, and I know um, not everybody's like that. Some people can get some really good gains out of that. I've known people personally that just, you know, like you, Jim, you, know, you train light for the arms and just rep it out in pristine form and all that. I just don't get it out of that. I need to be like heavy duty, you know, uh, six to eight reps and maybe a couple of forced reps and bam, that's just the perfect combination for me. Mm -hmm. um, but any, any more than that, if I was to do uh, arms, say take their own day and do them again at some point a few days later, you know, so I'm doing them twice a week, I wouldn't get anything out of it. I, I really don't think I would. I wouldn't get any extra growth. I would, it would be counterproductive to me because I can't recuperate that fast, especially as you get older, mm. you know, it'd be very counterproductive. So I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. My, my four day schedule. I always included arms in the athletes programs, uh, especially the males. Uh, we always finished. I told that story a zillion times about, I was talking to Frank Costello, the track, 
Hall of Famer and Maryland's yes. first first strength coach. Seven foot high jumper. And yeah. I saw him jump over a shopping cart at Safeway one time. <laughs> in Metzorot Plaza. Metzorot Plaza. Um, how about that? That's pretty cool, isn't it? I saw, um, I saw a 23-foot long jumper one time jump over a car. Whoa. Yeah, and he told me. Well, he said, he said Marty, you got to pick the right car. And he said, any, any, any guy with a 23-foot long jump could jump that car because in order to jump 23 feet, they have to get to a certain height halfway through. Okay. Follow me. Yes. So at, if it's 23 feet at 13 feet, six inches, you'll be at the, the height of your leap and you just need to time it. So you're over top of that car. Yeah. You better time it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> So Frank Costello, he told me two things I'll always remember. Number one is best, best athlete, best athletes he ever coached were Len Bias and Randy uh, White. And uh -huh. he said, Len was just so gifted and Randy was just so mean. He, and, <laughs> and, and he said, and we, now you got to remember, this is 1972 when they yeah. started training uh -huh. and nobody was training. And he said, you know how I got them into lifting? I finished everything with arms. And they would walk across campus with these big arm pumps and they'd right. get comments from the girls or whatever. And they would yeah. say, I can't wait to get back in there. And I did that with every male team I had, every male team I had, because the females didn't want a big arms in my uh, most of the time. And, uh, but the football players, man, I'm telling you three sets of 20 push downs, three sets, of, <laughs> you know, three sets of dips to failure, you know, then you leave. And then you're like, yeah, coach, that's a great workout. Even though yeah. the workout could have been crappy, you finished with the arm work, you know? Yeah. That's that's funny you should say that because I've got some guys that I'll um, they love it when I burn them out on the cross core with that one and done strategy. They just think that that's, that's yeah. like the height, the height of their training. And, and really it's the low of the training, right? Yeah. It, it's like the, uh, the, the, the cherry Sunday at the end of a fabulous dinner that has really no caloric value. Right. Yeah. But they love the feeling. It's the feeling. It's the what the the engorgement of the blood into the arms, the swelling, right? Yeah, I remember being in eighth grade and doing curls, and and I went and looked in the mirror, and I had a pump, and I said, if only my arms would stay like this, right? You know, if only they would stay. Yes. And yes. feeling yeah, would stay all that. the time. That's exactly right. I had that same thought. I didn't. JP, you anymore. probably had the same thing in the woods in Thermont or something. I did, you? and I and I remembered. You know, I had certain shirts that made my arms look better than other shirts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've told this story before. I put this in the book. Um, when I was a, a, a kid, 10, 11 years old, I found a five-pound dumbbell on my grandmother's farm in Arkansas. But I was already looking at the muscle magazine. So I mean, right. I guess back then it was, I don't know, Marvin Etter and John Grimmick. Yeah, yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going to curl this dumbbell all day. And I did. And I would rep out in the left hand, rep out in the right hand. I carried yeah. it around, put it down, do something else. I'd rep out, rep out right hand. I probably did, I don't know, 25 sets to failure that day. Oh, my God. You must have been sore. The oh. next morning when I woke up, my hands were next to my face. My biceps had contracted, like <laughs> frozen, and I couldn't. 
get, I couldn't straighten my arms, right? So I had two hands up in my face and my brother Kevin and cousin Joey figured it out and they would run up to me and pull my arms down and make me scream, right? And then I'd run around like a, like a chicken because my arms are up by my, my grandmother's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it took me two days before my arms would straighten out. Oh man, there was, there was some Dude, right at the bottom of the bicep. They were probably so <laughs> sore right at the bottom. Right at the bottom. <laughs> Let me tell you, there was some retaliation done on my brother and my cousin. I'll tell you what they made. And, and it, at that point, Marty Gallagher became a non-volume, a non-high volume trainer. He became a power lifter, didn't want anything to do with bodybuilding. There you go. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. that's it right there. Mm-hmm. That was that that's what turned me off to high volume training. Jim, I swear to God, my hands were stuck next to my face. Man. I had never heard of anything like that before or since. No. I mean, you, you did, you know, a hundred <laughs> sets. What the hell? And my and I've run to the mirror. Right, you you little yes. you pump up your arms and you run to the mirror and you go, yes. yeah, that that's just all, yeah. Oh, if only my arms could look like this. Well, and then you know, all I was the in, time. I was in junior college when everybody started taping their jerseys up. You know, the arms. Uh, you had the regular jerseys, uh, football. I'm talking about, and we would take, we would twist the back of the jersey, the sleeve, twist it, twist it, twist it, just as tight as you can. Then take uh, athletic tape roll it on the twisted part, then tuck it under your jersey. And now that's how everybody did it. Everybody did it. The Division One guys and everything. And then they came out with jerseys that were already like that. But if you had little arms, we would make fun of guys. We'd be like, look at him. He got his jersey taped up and he's got a little pipe clean, a little uh, toothpick arm, Q-tip arm. Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's what I'm saying. There's this uh, buried in our DNA. There's this uh, you know, powerful arms. Uh, I mean, our, you know, yeah, our kids are funny at Penn on the sideline because they're so smart that when they're taunting the other team, it's actually funny. You know, they say things <laughs> like about Hemingway or something. But uh, <laughs> I remember, but, but just a guy with small arms, they would just go, yo, 65, weight room. <laughs> the whole sideline, the whole side. I would be, you know, I would be laughing my ass off at the things these kids would say. But they would just say, wait, room. Or if you got run over, they would say it too. Yo, 24, you got your ass run over. Wait, room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's true, man. Right. All right, JP. What else, man? <laughs> I got to go pump up my arms. I think that's it on arms. Yeah. That's good, man. Get some good big stuff, arms. Good stories. Yeah. Big arms. All right. Uh, oh, eat. check. Eat, huh? Eat. Eat, eat, eat. You gotta eat. train your arms. You gotta eat. Yo, uh, twenty-four. If you're, if you're a young buffet. guy, if, you, if you're, yeah, you know. And if you're okay. a young guy, let's grow, man. Let's yeah. train to stay the same. Right. 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 Don't worry about Don't your abs, man. Yeah. Don't worry about your abs. As long as they're no. slightly visible, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. You know. I don't know about you guys. I don't have time to stay the same. Who's got time to stay the same? Well, it's not. It's right. you're not going to the gym to stay the same. I'm not no. staying the same. No. Yeah. Well, you no. got to manipulate your your calories. If you keep your <clears throat> calories the same, then you 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 just you just you stay the same. You got to do something. 
you got to clean up the content. You got to increase the volume, decrease the volume. Let's get ripped or let's bulk up. Yeah. Right. Let's do something. And so just like one said, more thing. One more thing yeah. about the arms. I don't think it's necessary to do tons and tons of reps. I think you can stay eight reps and just make those last few reps brutally hard and you'll, you'll keep growing, you know, around that. Also, also, uh, the drop set, that's also a good strategy for training biceps or triceps. Yeah. And it's easy to do. You, 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 you do those. All right. Let's say, all right, you, you do steel set where, where you barely get the seventh rep, right. With, I don't know, a pair of 45s. Okay. Put that down immediately. Pick up a pair of 35s rep that out right. then pick up a pair of 25s rep that out. you might only get three reps or five <laughs> reps because you're blasted but you just that's how you self-administer forced reps when you don't have a training partner i did that with the tier one guys when we went down there and uh josh goes and this is the point where you go f gym <laughs> when they're when they're all on deployment doing those workouts and this is the point where we all yell f gym <laughs> Because it's brutal, man. It's brutal. Yeah. You never felt a ten, a fifteen pound dumbbell feel so heavy when you get to the last, <laughs> when you get down yeah. the rack and that thing, and you're like, yeah, yeah. down the rack, down yeah. the rack, yeah, down the rack, Cassidy baby. Used to call it. That's what Cassidy used to call it. Down the rack. We got to go down the rack. You do it with overhead press too. Dumbbell overhead press down the rack. Nice. Oh man, tricep extensions overhead single dumbbell tricep extension down the rack. I'll tell yeah. you what. Yeah, uh, JP, I would only have, I think I, I train arms once a week for most people, but you know, if you're really young and on fire, I think I'd give them it twice a week, right? Yeah, I mean, if you've got the schedule to allow it, try it and see how it works. And, they, and they're young and they're stuffing their face yeah. and they, you know, they're hungry for it. All right, all right, boys, let's go twice a week for six or eight weeks and let's, uh, but we got to slam some calories and uh, we got to move some poundage we got to get better at this stuff we're not looking to stay with 15 reps with 45 pounds in the tricep push down that's not going right. to help right 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 that's another exercise that guys are doing their front delts instead of keeping those elbows pinned to the side of their body and just raising the forearm and hand yeah. and then yeah. with the rope coming all the way down and at yeah. your thighs separate the rope count to two Yep. And back up again. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I got I trained this Marine kid. He's great. And now I will say, okay, uh, this is your last, you're going to do a drop set here. You're going to do 12 strict and then we're going to drop it down. You're going to do 12 more. I don't care how you get them. That's just a finisher, you know, but, yeah. but the majority of the time it's strict and it's uh, you know, with that full extension and full squeezing. There's mm. so much ego in arm work. I okay, know, because man. if you get that little jolt, that little heave at the beginning of a tricep pushdown, and if you don't completely lock it out, man, you can use that whole yeah. stack. And everybody in the gym is going, wow, that guy's so strong. Look at yeah. him. He's using the whole stack, man. Meantime, the smart guy is the guy who's using three plates and getting the effect. Yeah. But, you know, it's that little jolt at the bottom, like I was, I was talking about on tricep extensions with the dumbbell. It's that jolt. That's what starts incorporating other muscles um, when when you're stretching it out, like we talked about, and you take the jolt out of it, you take and you grind it up, you can feel it. You can, it isolates it so much better and you put so much more muscle fiber into that. So Roger that. Roger that. That's exactly right. It, you got to throw the, the ego but out. You got to be, you gotta be beyond. You got to be beyond ego. Yeah. But 
You know, the best thing to think about is nobody cares. Nobody cares if you're doing 50 pounds, 100 pounds. Nobody cares. They're going to have the same day that they're, they were going to have anyway. That your weight doesn't matter. You know, it's funny. Have you ever Don't got a comment, comment from a girl about your arms? No, I've never got a comment from a girl. I've always had a guy go, yeah, nice arms, dude. Or you'll get a forearms or something like that. It's always a girl. It's always a guy. Well, maybe yeah. you haven't. Okay. Well, have uh, you? <laughs> have you? <laughs> now I'm trying to the, think. Uh, I did get the muscle man thing, but she didn't say nothing about my arms. So. No, you're right. It's guys are much more like well because the girls are smart enough to know that they if they say something like that, all of a sudden you're asking for their number and everything else. They don't want to, they, you know, they don't want to deal with it, right? So the guys, oh, I would, I would just throw them over my shoulder and take off with them. You ask for their number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're such an animal. I know. You're such a savage. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. You can find his latest article, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, that's a real good one. I, I like that one. That one's up now. Um, and if you read it, you'll totally get it. If you go to the gym, you go like, oh, I, I see that. In fact, you probably do it too. Um, so... <laughs> Because everybody's on their phones now. Uh, you can also make sure to check out Marty's Instagram at the Marty Gallagher and also uh, his website, uh, he and his wife Stacy's website, functional strength.org. What a good, uh, wh what do you have new that's on there right now, Marty? What, what you well, talking we're about? Talking about we're talking a little bit about the, the, the cone, the cone yeah. thing. You know, that's kind of on our mind. And it's like every day something new comes up this this ray williams guy is incredible he's, uh, well, i'm glad you're impressed with him because he's a good squatter man uh he's also a 900 deadlift Jimmy. yeah he's legit man mm. and his back is just is it oh it's incredible he's the it's best huge. back i've ever best back i've ever seen you mean seen with a few of them just Pardon? with just crazy width uh also no he's got the dorian thing with the kind of hang the lats that are so big they hang mm. wow and he's giant. I mean, no wonder just, he can hold on to 900 pounds and keep it close to his body. Yeah, yeah. And he's not, uh, he didn't start powerlifting until he was 26. Was he a football player? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's an omega. So maybe we can uh, make a podcast out of that too. It sounds like you've had a lot of, uh, you've got a lot I of interesting. We can get it. We can get uh, Ed on. Yeah. We can catch him when he's not on the road. He's on the okay. road like he's on the road like BB King. You know, he's like oh yeah, doing, doing seminars and stuff. Yeah, he's like doing two hundred dates a year. I mean, oh, that's so, great. Oh, he's booked. He's booked. He's oh, that's great, man. Yeah, that's great. You know, we tried to yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I know what you're gonna say, Jim. <laughs> All right. Uh, since 1997, Iron Company has been your one-stop shop for bodybuilding and powerlifting equipment. Need some help filling out those shirt sleeves? Uh, check out our arm blasting equipment, including easy curl bars, tricep bars, shorty bars, cable attachments, and more. And uh, Jim Steele, his articles can be found in our article section at Iron Company, right next to Marty's. His latest article is Get Ripped and Ready for Summer. So that's a, now we just put that up a couple of days ago. So awesome. You want to get ripped and ready for summer? Go check that out. He's giving you all the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then your website, bossbarbell.com. B-A-S. That's right. Yep. Barbell.com. Check that out too. 
So that's it, boys. All right. All right. Talk next week. Thanks. All right. Okay.